You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Like they should do a, a Zelda cooking themed game, and they could still call it Ocarina of Time, but just like spell it differently. O T H Y M E. Yes. Yes. I got to admit, we've been uh, in preparation for said Zelda game. Jen and I uh, started over with Breath of the Wild again, just to kind of like whet our appetite for some Zelda. That uh, seems mm -hmm. so weird to me, like to just like randomly restart just to get ready for another (laughs) one, like because it's such a deep game to play. Like I understand, you know, Link to the Past or Link's Awakening, like something that's a little more digestible Mm -hmm. uh, in in fewer settings. But man, Breath of the Wild is like. It just feels like such a huge, epic commitment of a game to play. Well, we're not really committed to going all the way through it. Uh, we just kind of wanted to play some shrines. And, and, and actually, I would argue it is a great game for that, for just like kind of picking up, doing, discovering yeah. some things, getting in some trouble, uh, doing a shrine. Did you two. actually full-on restart it, or did oh, yeah. you just... Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, from zero, from uh, waking up in the... Uh, what do they call that? The, uh, the, the shrine. shrine of Resurrection. Resurrection, there you go. Back up your ass like a resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I've been playing uh, recently. Uh, that and another game, which I'll mention in a second, uh, because it's it's uh, apropos to our theme today. Uh, hey, before you get too far yeah. away from Breath of the Wild, oh. did you watch that guy's run on, on I did, GDQ? I did. The 22-minute run? Out. Yeah, Jeez, thanks for cueing me into that. every one of the temples in like a half hour. What? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. He did every, every temple, including the uh, the beasts. Yeah. Jesus he, Christ! He was just uh, using all the all the tricks. He was like launching himself. Like I've seen some of the like it, like isolated videos of people just doing the tricks, mm-hmm. but to see someone doing like the launching himself into the air using like midair bombs and then healing himself immediately, and then like just launching himself from one corner to the opposite corner of the map within seconds was just. It was mind-blowing. And it's watch. funny because the game can't keep up with it, so it literally like no. freezes as it tries to load because it's like, this shouldn't be possible. And it, it, <laughs> yes. I'm sure they'll have tweaked that for the sequel. I can't imagine that would allow that uh, kind of uh, game-breaking to happen in the you, Breath of the Wild Do you sequel. think they would, though? Because it kind of mm-hmm. seems good for the game and good for the community mm-hmm. for, there, for there to be ways that people can find to well, kind of like break it. I, I mean, I don't think yeah. they're going to patch... Uh, Breath of the Wild, but I think they're going to make that type of gameplay break uh, impossible in the sequel. No, no, because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Joe here. Like yeah. I, I think it, yeah, it, it, it encourages people when somebody finds something like that, then more people will start playing it, and more people will look for these little things to break it. I mean, it's not like it's a multiplayer game, so it's not like it's hurting anybody else. Yeah, true. So I, I, I could definitely see them. You know, whatever bugs are there are there. They're not gonna. I mean, unless it's like a a completely game breaking bug, like it it deletes your save file right, or yes. that would, be, that would you know something like that. Right, yeah. right. It's just like sequence breaking type stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're assuming you're even gonna have the same skill set as uh, Link in this one. There may not even be bombs. That may not be possible. So, but I'm sure uh, entrepreneurial players will find other ways to to break the game. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. Absolutely. Talking about a game that's uh, not going to come out for another year. <laughs> nega, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about <laughs> games that are out right now and that we are currently playing. Joe, uh, what are you, what are you whipping up today? Well, I'm, uh, I'm chipping away at Final Fantasy VI, and mm. such a like such a a breath of fresh air. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like 
to go from Final Fantasy V, which, you know, none of these Final Fantasy games have been bad games, but they've definitely, like, I have definitely run into my fair share of games that, like, I just did not enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so nice, especially after the uh, the, the Dragon Quest XI. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't call it a debacle because it ended up being a great yeah, you game, loved one it. of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I love that game. But, like, such a long game. Epic. Putting in over 100 hours in something that you just wanted to kind of, like, get out of your backlog. So to right. get back into Final Fantasy VI, like... Just every every turn around the corner, every narrative moment, I have so many so many fond memories of this game. So like every time a new sequence happens, I just like kind of put the controller down. I'm like, ah, yeah, I remember this one. I remember this yep. part. Like I find myself lamenting the fact that I've just played through a section because oh man, oh like, now it's over. I really like that. I was really looking forward to that. But then I think, oh, but I've got this coming up. You know, like every part of this game is just delightful except Uh just like any other final fantasy game there is an element of the grind and i just got to the point in the game where you start getting you get these things called espers or not espers magicite Mm -hmm. and magicite is what remains when you try to like drain the magic from an esper uh which is a magical being and uh but you end up getting these things and you collect them throughout the game and it's what gives you the ability to use spells and they're kind of like the precursor to um, to what we know of the summon spells now in Final Fantasy games. They did yeah. have summons early on, but not quite like this. Yeah, because um, there were actual like, summoner characters that yes. could do it. And basically what they did was they just summoned monsters <clears throat> that you had faced earlier in the game. Yeah. Um, but this is like this was something that was kind of different. But well, I, I digress. Using <laughs> these these things, if you have an, uh, an a magicite that's equipped on a character, they can then learn spells that are associated with that magicite. Okay. And I like for all my characters to be equally well equipped mm, for battle. Ah. So I want them all to learn all of the so spells. So this isn't something that the game requires you to do. This is your preference. No. Okay. Okay. This, this is my yeah, this my is preference. Mine and Joe's obsession with these games <laughs> is to make sure everybody has everything. Well, I don't share so, that obsession. So when I come around to finally playing Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> I know, I'll know that I can Because you were about to turn me off with this game, Joe, when I saw that post. Oh. I was like, oh, fuck, I oh, can't man. do this if it's required. It's... It's so good. It, but but yeah, right now I'm at that point where I'm kind of grinding my characters mm-hmm. and uh, making sure they all know all the spells with all the magicite that I have so far. Because I'm still in the first half of the game. Once I get to the second half, I'm going to collect like probably another dozen or so. And the thing is, like, it, it's pretty organic. You can learn everything mm-hmm. as you're going through the game. But it knowing what I have ahead of me... It's a smart idea for me to grind at least to learn all these things now. And then when I get all the Magicite in the second half, I can just go through the narrative, go through the story. And then usually what I do is before I go to the final dungeon of the game, Mm -hmm. I'll make sure everybody knows everything that they're missing. If anyone has anything missing, I'll grind them up. uh, And then I'll go and finish the game. Uh, And But it's such... It's so good. Like it, you don't even care because the music is just amazing while you're mm-hmm. traveling the map. It, it, I, I'm not saying anything that I haven't said already about this game, but you know, to answer your honest question, what am I playing? Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> there you go. All right, Jay, top that man. What a, what the 16-bit RPG from the 90s are you playing? <laughs> uh, well, I can't top that. I can. Uh, I've actually started playing. Um, a little bit of Secret of Mana. Joe gave me uh, a copy for the PS4 that was their the 3D remake, and I just recently started that up again. I haven't gotten very far into it. Um, 
but I, I remember playing that you know years ago on the on the Super Nintendo and loved it. it it's kind of similar in ways to Chrono Trigger, but more yes. of a uh, more of an action. Whereas Chrono Trigger is kind of action, but also turn based. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no that that I've, I briefly started and I played a little bit more of uh, uh, the crew uh, in preparation for this podcast, getting some more of my, girls, my racing girls. games going. Yes, <laughs> not that crew. I guess it's not that crew. Wrong, wrong crew. Wrong crew. <laughs> well, that uh, segues but, uh, nicely into our topic then, yeah. talking about uh, racing games. That is our topic this week on the 16-Bit Gladiators. This is our video game-themed podcast right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. I'm your co-host, Joel, and joined always by Jay and Joe. Hello, fellas. Beep, beep. And, uh, <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> I have to uh, apologize to the listeners for missing a week because uh, my life kind of blew up. Things got crazy, and uh, we, had to, we had to skip a week, but we're back uh, talking about some video games and specifically some racing games, those games that uh, I don't want to say cars. We're not going to narrow it down to cars because uh, I've got a couple of games on my list here that are, are just vehicles. But any game where you race a vehicle, uh, either in first person or kind of third person. Um, so it has to be a vehicle. The, uh, oh, you got something that maybe falls outside of that? Well, we'll get to it. I, I do, yeah. And uh, we'll decide whether we'll accept it or not, Joe. But uh, <laughs> Okay, great. I think I, we will. I look forward to submitting <laughs> it to the tribunal. <laughs> We're pretty lenient here on the podcast. Uh, and if you want to find out for yourself, listener, you can do that by uh, attempting to like our page on Facebook. That's right, 16-Bit Gladiators is our Facebook page. We also have a Twitter handle, at 16-Bit Gladiators. And if you can't remember that, we'll just remember 16bitgladiators.com because we've got links there to subscribe to the podcast and uh, links to all of our social networks. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about some racing games. Uh, I've got uh, quite a few uh, I kind of uh-huh. had to narrow it down because uh, I, I thought it was going to be a topic where like, all right, maybe maybe I got a handful, maybe three or four. Uh, and then when you start looking them up and you realize, oh, I've played that. Oh, I love that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, surprised how much uh, racing games are kind of a, a part of my um, video game repertoire. Yeah. Uh, and so much so well, that, that was... Go ahead. That was the most, the most successful, I, th- I mean, arguably the most successful in the early arcade era. Mm-hmm. Uh, like games that you would play head to head with people usually were racing games. Now, right. not just racing games themselves, like in the genre, but there's a lot of games that we play that have like racing mini games, like mm-hmm. infamous yep. racing mini games that are associated with them. Uh, and even games that you don't think are racing games could classify as racing games. So um, this was something that, as I started digging deeper into uh, into games that that require you to to have a racing competition, mm-hmm. uh, I started finding other titles that I was like, oh, wow, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. all right. And just like you, Joel, I think it was, it was surprising to find out how much racing games really did make up of my gamer DNA. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, anything to add to that? Um... No, not really. I mean, I mean, Great. good podcast. <laughs> well, I threw it to him. I just wanted to get through that topic. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I basically I knew I knew kind of going into it because you know racing games have always been one of my favorite genres, anyways. And it's kind of like Joe said, you know, looking looking back at some of the games that aren't necessarily racing games specifically, but they have those racing elements, and it's like, oh yeah, that that could work too. Like I'm I'm even thinking of like games that I know a ton of times 
you know, me and Joe have been hanging out or something, and he'll be playing a game, and it'll get to the the racing party, and he'll just hand me the controllers like here. And it's it here. <laughs> yes, we'll be playing a game. There's a racing sequence, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> just go. You do it. Wow, you could do this. Jay, your reputation precedes you. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't realize you were such a master at racing games. This dude loves racing games. This guy is really like, do, a, yeah. he's so good at. Like, I, I mean, at this point now, he has like a rig with like a wheel and pedals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but like, you too, don't you? Even even back in the day and i think it, it kind of came about in the in the n64 era where yeah. the the driving games really kind of started to to take root um and not not to jump on anyone or not to make you pick a certain game jay but i mean i think for me my experience with you i think it started with mario kart like yeah. not not just mario kart on the nintendo but like n64's mario kart 64 like that was yeah. That was a life changer. Yeah. Yeah. We we put a ridiculous amount of hours into that game. And you know, most of it was the battle. You know, yes. but we would we would still do you know, we would still do the races and stuff, oh, but yeah. most of it was battle because it was just so perfectly set up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost seems like all of the games since then haven't really been able to capture the the in 64 Mario Kart's like feel of that yeah. battle. You're absolutely right. There was something right. about the control on Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, the controller as nutso as that controller was, it was so intuitive when it came to controlling the Mario Karts. It did work mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh that's funny. We just picked up uh now I already owned it for the Wii U. Um, because I'm one of the few suckers that bought that console. But, uh, yeah, Super Mario Kart, what was it, Mario Kart 8? Uh, Deluxe Mario Kart 8, yeah. for uh, yeah. Switch. Finally, I mean, like, yes. I, I feel like such a sucker, because I already owned the game once, but uh, whatever. It's nice to have it on the Switch. I, it's good I, on the I, Switch. I, yeah, and it's it's great, because it, it has all of the DLC right. that you had to pay extra for on the, on the Wii U. And it even added a couple of extra characters, a couple extra That's right. uh, bikes. Everything is already unlocked course. when you uh, yeah. when you, you don't have to race all the uh, the levels to, to unlock the characters and the different levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, we stumbled upon that that battle mode that also is in that version, which kind of blew mm-hmm. Jenna's mind. She didn't know it was there. So we were playing a little bit of that earlier. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I remember it just somehow it felt different. And maybe it's that kind of local co-op feel, right? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, like Joe, you were saying earlier, there's a big hit in the arcade. Racing games are because you got that tactile and you got that person next to you and uh, doing sure. it uh, by yourself. Yeah, it's just not the same. Much like sex, yeah. doing it by yourself just isn't the it's same. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the person. Um, okay, so the cool thing, and, and I don't think this is just true for Mario Kart. It's so amazing what, what Nintendo has done with Mario and like the other companies that they've partnered up with. And I know this isn't the Mario podcast, but like Mario Kart is just one of those examples of Nintendo looking at these other genres of games and going, well, let's make one with Mario in it. Yeah. And they do it and they don't just like do like a refaced version of some like other game and just lazily throw it out right. there. Like they are they are developing it to death and then they release it. And a lot of times these games end up becoming the bar that is set. Oh, that, sure. That, yeah, like you know, the, the, the trendsetter. Like Mario Kart comes out and we've got a bunch of cute characters in cars. And what happens after that? It starts an entire movement where you've got like Star Wars puts out super bombad racing. Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. 
chocobo racing that comes out. A bunch of yep. cute Final Fantasy characters racing around. And, uh, uh, South Park Rally. Crash, yeah, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. 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 Crash Park. Bandicoot, Crash Racing. There's They did a WWE racing game. Like All these <laughs> different yeah, companies right. were just jumping in over the years, and they're still doing it because mm-hmm. of what Mario Kart yeah. started. That's impressive. Oh yeah, it, it invented that yeah. formula, and uh, like you said, it was it wasn't just a racing game. We'd had those before, but uh, it, it mm-hmm. said, "How can we Nintendoize it?" Uh, and yeah. it did. And I'm I'm glad we're talking about this now up front uh, because you can't do a video game podcast about racing games without talking about the Mario Kart Legacy. Uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? But what, what, what's no, your favorite I mean, Mario Kart? Uh, oh, which racer or which game? Mm. Oh, uh, interesting distinction. I was talking game, but yeah. uh, if you have a favorite racer, Joe, I'll take that answer oh, as I'm, well. I'm I'm Mario. Any any time, any day. So I always go That's Yoshi. Yeah, yeah. Who's your Who's your racer, Jay? I I, I flip between. I'm either Bowser because mm-hmm. I, I like the heavy fast guys, yeah. or I'll go Yoshi. Interesting. That's my that's my other one. If I want the if I want a lighter character, Jenna discovered uh, Waluigi, and she seems to she's got this theory that somehow it's it's he's better than everybody else. He's faster. She's trying to prove <laughs> well, that he right is. Now. Just ask him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna win. He's the best. I'm gonna win. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Joe, you were talking about uh, all of the spinoffs that Mario Kart inspired, uh, and that's actually the first game on my list. Uh, is one of those. A little company called Rare, who was known for making some of the best Super Nintendo games and then some of the best Nintendo 64 games, uh, really kind of mm-hmm. upped. I don't want to say it's better than Mario Kart 64, but it, it's damn near equal. I'm talking about uh, Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64, mm. taking all of their characters. you got Banjo-Kazooie, all of the Rare characters. I think they got Donkey Kong in there, right? Um, mm. And uh, just kind of taking that Mario Kart formula and putting their little twist on it. And I want to say that was the first one uh, where you could, like, switch vehicles. They had the three different vehicles, right? You were on land, air, and water. Um, yep. And then, you know, the Mario Kart franchise would adopt that in later games. But uh, I think it was Diddy Kong Racing that kind of did it first and did it well. Kind of started it, yeah. Had everything else they had. Had the four-player co-op, uh, which was great. Um, the graphics were great. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just a, just a really solid racer. Uh, and when you were yeah. tired of playing Mario Kart, that was the next line in secession. Yep. I never played it. Really? I've never played Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, it's so it's, fun. Yeah. I've I'm got so, a copy. I'm so I still disappointed have mine. That, that Donkey Kong has been double dipping into two racing franchises. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, a little moonlighting. Yeah, yeah I, I would say you're right. I would say that the it would... I guess equal the the N sixty four Mario Kart sixty four in terms of control, in terms of nostalgia factor, yeah. things like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you can. I think Mario Kart sixty four still has that edge because of that battle mode. Yeah, and it just, you might be it's right. So so perfect. There's another um, another spinoff, like multi franchise spinoff of uh, racing from Sonic. Team oh, racing. that's right. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's yeah, another. Sonic. That's another. You know, a good one that does kind of the same thing: land, land, air, and and oh, really? water. Yeah, they're in yeah. vehicles. Um, I just assume they'd be running really fast. Like, isn't that? I know. Right? Yeah. Thing? I would Sonic <laughs> drive a vehicles. car, right? <laughs> but yeah, it it actually it it's kind of the same deal. It works out. It works out well. I've I've heard good things about Crash Team Racing. I've never played it. Yeah, uh, I was never a Crash fan so much. Me neither. But uh, but yeah, I would say in in the whatever the mashup genre of of kart racing those are those are definitely three solid ones mm-hmm. all right um well moving on uh oh i wanted to ask before we get too far into this what makes a good 
racing game? What are you guys looking for uh, in, a, in a racing game? Man, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, other than it seems other basic, than the right? obvious, yeah. <laughs> other than the obvious, but like no, but you're right. Like that kind of makes things. You, it opens things up because I'm looking at the the racing games that I would rank in my top three, mm-hmm. and like not a one of them is like the other. Other than the mm-hmm. fact that like it's all about beating someone to a finish line, right? Like the elements that go into it are completely different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Jay? I I would say. You you go into a racing game like for a pure racing game. Let's put it this way: mm-hmm. you have your arcade racers and you have your sim racers, mm-hmm. and they kind of it, it's two different classes of people. If you're a sim racer, you hate arcade racing games. If you're an arcade <laughs> racer, you hate the sim racing games. They have mm-hmm. these. They have kind of a blend called simcade racers <laughs> that tone down some of the physics to make the racing the racing still more realistic than the arcade racers like yeah. a ridge racer type thing where you can just blow around a corner top speed and just right. drift the whole thing no problem yeah versus something like uh, uh like turismo. a forza or gran turismo yeah, yeah where you actually have to slow down into turns and things like that this is absolutely true because when i had a ps2 i bought gran turismo mm-hmm. and i remember playing that with jay a bunch and i hated it I hated Grand Turismo, so, but but Jay loved it. He was just like getting into it. I can I can soup up this car and do this thing and do that. I couldn't have hated that experience more because <laughs> it's like but like like you you want the 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 fun of driving without kind of the uh, the responsibility without the real world consequences. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I and and I think that's why I put the the my top three are what they are mm-hmm. because they add like this really fantastical element uh, and and I guess. Jay just helped me kind of narrow down what I'm looking for in a racing game is something that's kind of like something that sets it apart, something different, something that's fantastic that like I can't do in the real world, Mm -hmm. but I can do it in this game. And that's what makes it successful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. I totally, I totally hijacked your (laughs) your train of thought. No, all good. All good. And, 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 you know, just kind of getting back to that, that's, that's basically where I would fall into it is I, I actually like a little bit of everything. Like I like the arcade racings. Mm-hmm. I like the sim racings mm-hmm. and I like the, the simcade stuff. So for me, what would make a good racing game is it really depends on, you know, on specifically what kind of racing game, like for the arcade mm-hmm. racers, I, I love just like Joe was talking about that fantastical thing. That's mm-hmm. something you, you just cannot do in the real world. Um, but it also has to have like a a real sense of speed. Yeah, yeah. Like um, you know, the there there's games where it'll say you're going, you know, 150 200 miles an hour, but it doesn't feel like you're going 150 yeah, 200 right, miles an yeah. hour. The, Super Bombad Racing, for example. Like, <laughs> there you it go. just it just there's no sense of friction. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, for for more of a, a sim racer style, I love having the little I say knobs and buttons that you can twist and turn. It, it's more of you know being able to customize your car, customize the suspension, customize the tires, yeah. the tire pressure, you know all this stuff. How much fuel do you want to have in yes. it so that you can make pit stops and things like that? Yeah, some of so these I, games. I love fiddling with them, things like that. Yeah, yeah, you can really get in the weeds with a lot of those games nowadays. And Absolutely, that's not Absolutely. really what I'm in for. I want something I can uh, jump into quickly and, uh, like you said, do some things you, you you're not supposed to do in the real world, and in some ways uh, can't. Yep. 
Uh, all right, yeah. well, well, Joe, you kind of set that up. Uh, so then maybe uh, maybe give us an example of one of those type of games that uh, allows you to do things that are impossible IRL. Uh, this is not going to surprise anybody, mm-hmm. but in my top three, uh, I obviously have Star Wars Episode One Racer <laughs> yeah. for the arcade. That pod racer game, I mean, especially the arcade experience yeah, of sitting in the at. pod and having the controls and using the, as they're used in the film, like, that's brilliant. And it doesn't, it's not, it's not that complex of a system, uh, so it's like it's easy to learn, but really tough to master, and that's kind mm-hmm. of one of those things that keeps you coming back to it. Uh, but how awesome to have like be hands on with those controls, yeah. racing the track that Anakin's racing mm-hmm. in the Phantom Menace, and on top of that, like once you've raced that course, there's like a dozen and a half more that you can play yep. that you've never even heard of, and there's this. Awesome, and and I guess that's something Sega does really well because I'm pretty sure yes. they were the devs on that one. They do so, yeah. they do speed really well, they and do they always this. have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so this man, this game just it, it blew my socks off. Even to this day, uh, I play it. I played Racer Revenge on PS2, which was still a good game. Uh, but yeah, they just released Episode One Racer on the Switch, and I grabbed it. And obviously, you know the the home console handheld version. Yeah. Lacks it lacks a little in the translation, but it's still damn fun to play. Uh, it's got the the Star Wars music, that John Williams that's score. What does it. You know, you've got the the cheesy voice acting that's in it, but uh, all those great Star Wars sound effects while you're racing, and you know how you're like you're actively changing the power over from one of the engines oh, to the right. other. That's cool, just it's, like he does. It's mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah, no, it's no. so obviously on my list top three. <laughs> fight me. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask: Did, did they roll out uh, Anthony Daniels? Did he do a voice in this? Because he'll fucking. I'm sure he did. He'll... He's done everything. Yeah, oh, I'm I know. Sure, yeah. He does the voice He's of the C-3PO Star toothbrush. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I have a bop it. You know the bop it. Twist it. Screw it. Bop it. Twist it. Oh no! There's a, an R2D2 version of bop it uh, that is voiced by Anthony Daniels. That guy will. I bought a C-3PO bar of soap, and Anthony Daniels came to my door, knocking on it, hoping he could do the voice. Yeah, man, that guy. <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, cool. That's a great example. Yes, uh, love that game. And uh, didn't know it was on the Switch. Exciting now. I might have to pick that one yes, up. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay. I'm going to move this yeah. on to you. Um, what, do you what do you got on your list of racing games? All right. Uh, well, I'm going to start off with another one that gives a fantastic sense of speed. Yeah. And I don't want to say kind of a, a grandfather of the genre, but it, it was definitely one that spawned several kind of clones or or spin-offs mm-hmm. uh with F-Zero. Oh, yeah. I was hoping oh, you yes. were going to say yeah. that. I knew when you talked yeah. about speed that uh, you could only be talking about F-Zero. Now, are you talking about the original F-Zero or uh the, the GameCube sequel? Well, there was also an N64. Was one. there? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would say pretty much the whole series, mm-hmm. the 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 original one actually really surprised me like when it when it came out, you know, cuz there was always for people who aren't old enough to remember this stuff back in the back in the in, the Super Nintendo and the and the Genesis area. There was this huge like rivalry between these two uh, between these two companies, and they would always Sega would always have their commercials that would talk mm-hmm. about. You know, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Sega has blast processing, and, <laughs> yes. and they would always show like sonic running around going yeah. quick on the screen then they would show mario kart and everybody's kind of puttering yeah. around going on it and everything <laughs> yes. 
So Nintendo comes out with this F Zero, and it's it's fast. It has that sense of speed, and you I mean you're blowing through these courses. There's shortcuts everywhere, so you can you can go even faster and and, and get better times on it. And Sega had really nothing to to counter that with. Mm, and true. you know, like I said, it, it kind of spawned another subgenre of racing games. Well, I said that because there were there were a couple of other like the 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 more futuristic style racers um, around at the time, but they I don't remember really any of them having that hover car style racing. Yeah, yeah. it was always like there was like a rock and roll racing, which was cool because it had the you know had the cool like licensed rock and roll songs, mm-hmm. um, but it was still you know on wheels. Uh, or it was a space racer, you know, you were up, you were flying around in space type thing. That's a good point. So yeah, uh, when this came out, and then of course on the on the the N sixty four that came out with uh, with F zero that basically took that formula, amped it up to amped it up. To, I'll say ten, not quite eleven yet. Yes, because that's the um, next one. Yeah, because they you know they 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 added that third dimension to where you could actually like rotate around the the courses now and you had jumps that were just massive that mm-hmm. you couldn't do in the you know in the Super Nintendo version because you know the the course you were flying around on with that mode 7 I mean it was just a small little you know picture that you were basically, basically on the top of yeah um and then of course the the GameCube version which makes me so sad that they haven't done another one since then. I know that's of all the Nintendo properties that they're uh, bringing back. Why is F Zero not? Uh, and it'd be great on the Switch. Exactly. Take it with exactly. You, do a couple of laps while you're uh, riding the subway to work or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, if if Nintendo or if the F Zero sixty four went to ten, you're right. That GameCube F Zero went to eleven, and that Definitely. that game is nigh unplayable. It is so ridiculously <laughs> fast in some ways. Joe, have you ever played that one? I have, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. You're no longer yeah. on um, flat courses, and I say flat. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes there was there were curves, and even the Mario Kart games it's have that twist. You could be upside down at some point. You'd be yep. upside down. You'd be um, you know racing on these pipes, these like magnetized pipes, and it was mm-hmm. very easy. If you got knocked or hit or didn't make a turn, you would just fucking go into a 360. Yep. Uh-huh. And and uh yeah, you would never regain. It was dizzying and it was always like at 60 frames per second, which I think is another I'm not a big uh, you know, frame counter. I don't really care 30 60. Uh I want the best performance generally. Mm-hmm. And for some, you know, high-end high graphics games, sometimes that's going to be 30, right? Unless you've got the latest hardware. Uh but for a racing game, can't underscore the importance of that that 60 frames per second, man. It really makes yes. or breaks a game. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I want yeah, to piggyback I, on FX or uh, F Zero there a little bit because no, uh, no, it's also on my yeah. list. Feel free, feel free. Now that 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 GameCube version, if they if they would do another version of it, kind of you know, kind of how they've been doing with Mario Kart, where now it's online and oh, yeah. having access to, like, it, it's great having the local co op. I love doing local co-op. I always hate going online for most of my uh, any kind of shooter game, yeah. things like that. Agreed. I can't stand being online for that. But racing games, oh, I love being online with those because you just get people from all over the world. And you see 
the shit that people can do with these <laughs> yeah. games and it teaches you new things you know like uh, i see this stuff in, in in like mario kart games that oh, dude just people go nuts and they have these crazy little techniques that they do and <laughs> it makes me want to go in and be like i need to figure out how to do that yes you know yeah, Jenna uh, also discovered, uh, along with, with Battle Mode, she discovered that online play with Mario Kart. And she was like, should I play people online? Because I, I was still working and she wanted a, an opponent. And I was like, no, you're not going to have a good time doing that. That's, no. that's, if you want to feel bad about yourself, once. then yes. I tried doing that once and I started a race. And like half the guys I was raking, racing against, like we hit the first turn and suddenly like they did some kind of game-breaking trick where they were all like on the other end of the course already. And I'm just puttering along like, Okay. Uh, <laughs> where did everybody go? Beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They they will they will definitely put you to shame quickly, yeah. especially especially if you can't read their name. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Like, like it's, good. It's, it's in Chinese characters or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah Chinese, yeah. Japanese, Korean, Any either one of them. Look at these. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah. Good point. Picks uh, right out of the gate with uh, F Zero. Totally agree. Uh, classics, all of them. All right, Joe. Well, that brings us back to. Well, actually, no. It brings it to me. I think it's. I kind of cheated there because I uh, I also had F Zero on my list. But uh, all right, fuck it. I'll do another one. I'll do. um, uh, Well, we'll stay with uh, the Nintendo sixty four era, but I'm gonna move away from uh, cars and spaceships and onto jet skis with uh, one of my favorite racing games, Wave Race sixty (laughs) four. Yeah, Jay knew what I was talking about. Uh, something about this game, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Nintendo 64, so the graphics are pretty rudimentary, uh, you know, th- there was no such thing as water simulation back then, like, that was, you know, we were, I, I, well, I remember playing Mario 64, and seeing that water simulation, and just kind of being blown away, of course, it looks so rudimentary by today's standards, uh, but, you know, you're just kind of, it's basically still a plane that you're either above, or in, or on, um, and you weren't really getting water physics, right, it was kind of cheating, and here comes uh, Wave Race 64, which um, has, has, I'm not going to say the water looks great. It is what it is. It's its, it's, it's version of <laughs> what a jet ski game would look like. Yeah. But I mean, the, it's about as good as they could do with exactly. the low poly count that they had. Yeah. For, and for and especially, oh yeah, I mean, I, I, like they couldn't even use the full resolution of the Nintendo 64. If you yeah. play it, you'll notice there's a little black border around it where mm-hmm. like they were like, we, and even at that, the frame rate dips way down to like, you know, single digits sometimes when, uh, when the yeah. graphics get a little too crazy. So it was definitely pushing uh, that hardware, but s- n- nothing else feels like that game. The water physics, it's so satisfying to kind of go over a wave and land. And when you when you kind of master and can predict uh, what that landing feels like and, and kind of skid into a turn, uh, it's great. I hadn't played a game like it. Uh, maybe in, in the arcades was the closest thing, but to have it at home. Uh, and, you know, Nintendo put their little touches on it. Luckily, they didn't put animal characters in it like they did with Star Fox. Uh, and there's no aliens. There's no Captain Falco. Um, they're just dudes. They're just people, humans, uh, riding on jet skis. Uh, sponsored by Kawasaki, I should say, a little brand uh, yeah. in your Nintendo game there. But um, yeah, just just fun, and uh, I got uh, no shortage of hours playing me some Wave Race '64. Yeah, that's great. I, I did the same. I had a, I had a lot of fun with that game. That mm-hmm. and, and I didn't think that I would. I I really only got it because there was so few in sixty four games when it. <laughs> I think that's why I did out. as well. Yeah, and and I remember the kind of the same deal. Like 
just being blown away by the what they could do with water physics yeah. on on that system you know like i don't know of anything until years later that had anywhere close to water physics like that yeah agreed Joe, I never played this one, huh? You didn't have a Nintendo 64, did you? I, I, no, I had J's. <laughs> it J's in 64. But I do appreciate some water racing. Uh, oh, yeah? I've got, a, I've got a game called Hydra Thunder that's Hydra on my Thunder. list. Oh. Uh, that I used to play a bunch in the arcade. I had it on the Xbox 360. Um, and, yeah, that, that one had some crazy... I mean, I don't think the water physics were true to life, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, yeah. it definitely had some crazy physics, a great sense of speed, um, I would almost guess that the game was developed by the same people that did Pod Racer, uh, but mm. it was uh, it was a fun one. It was it, it it's not in my top three, but it's it's it, it's close. It, it's a really fun game. It's one of those. And you know what? I meant to ask this question: Are we focusing just on like racing games that we play against other people that are just like racing on yeah. a track, or are we considering games that like have a Almost kind of like the the crazy taxi element, where it's like your time to get from one point to the other. Uh, what's another game that does that? Like pole position. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, pole position. Absolutely. Would be one or, or, um, uh, what was that? California, California Dreaming. Was it? Oh yeah, California Dreaming. I think that's Not what it's called. Dreamin'. It's something with California in it, though. Yeah. Yeah, there was Rad Racer. Was another one. Rad oh, Racer yeah. was another one that was like that. Driver, the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll oh accept those. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. I've said them. <laughs> so, <laughs> let right. me ask another question. Yeah, are we? Where do we put games like Spy Hunter? Do those count as racing games, or do the, are those uh, just action games? I'm, I mean, th- that's a good one because uh, you know racing is definitely a key component of that game. You know, even though it does have other uh, aspects along with it, with the, the mm-hmm. you know, you're shooting other vehicles and trying to force them off the road. Uh, yeah, there's not really a final destination in that game aside from getting to the next level. But I mean, you're in a car and you're on a road and you're driving fast. So how can it not be a racing game, right? I guess so. It's a crossover. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, then I uh, I'll just I'll go ahead and let Hydra Thunder count as my my right. pick for that. And what's that? That's nice. an original PlayStation game. I'm looking it up. Uh, Hydro Thunder uh, was in the arcade. Uh, Xbox, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was oh, in the arcade. Oh, yeah. I see. Arcade, and then they've, they've uh, translated it to all these. Yeah. So where are you playing this then? Is this an arcade game that you play? I have it I have it on the Xbox 360. Ah, there you go. Yeah, it looks fun, man. Yeah. I'll let me some yeah. water it's, racing. I mean, it's it's beautiful, and there's all these different vehicles that you can... They have different kinds of... Uh, they di- they perform differently. Some some of these boats jump really well, and uh, some of them, like, corner... Obviously, you know, you got all different boats, different strengths, different weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like the courses are just long enough where they don't get... It doesn't get, like, boring to play. Uh, and, like, you get these cool power-ups and stuff. It's just... It's it's full-on, like, adrenaline. And uh, and that's, that's a good time. Yeah. I'm going to check this one out. I wonder if we can find it anywhere on modern consoles. I think you could still get it in the Xbox Marketplace. Xbox Arcade. God so, bless yeah. them. They're mm-hmm. so good about that. Generally. Yeah, well, usually. yeah generally. All righty. <laughs> Jay, your turn. Right, Jay, your turn? Yeah, because I did one. All right. Um, then I will go with one that uh, that me and Joe actually had mm. had started playing recently. Um, this one's in my top three, too. Oh. Is it? Yeah, this is another one that's in my top three. Nice. Uh, Need for Speed. Oh, yes. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Even even back, like, I played the original Need for Speed back on the, on the PlayStation, and I remember it being 
not great. <laughs> I'll, I'll say. Um, because back then they, they were trying to be like, they were trying to compete with uh, Gran Turismo. Right. Um, and they were trying to make it more of a serious racing game mm-hmm. rather than just going balls to the wall with it. Yeah. The second one was kind of the same thing. It, this is this is not working. So then they come out with uh, Need for Speed 3, mm-hmm. which was subtitled Hot Pursuit. Yeah, that's the one I know. And, that's it, man. That is yep. it. And that's that's the one that that really set them on their course for every Need for Speed game going forward, where it was just balls to the wall racing. You had the element of uh, where you could go against the cops or you could be the cops. Uh, they added the online at that point uh, because I think that was on um, the well, PlayStation the, Two and the I PC think- and all that. I think the first Hot Pursuit was on PS1. What was it? For some reason, I, I'm I'm okay. remembering. Let's I may be misremembering that, but I think it was on PS1. Uh, I think there was another Need for Speed that came out on PS2 mm-hmm. once they released the uh, the online adapter. Um, but I, I I don't remember doing online for Need for Speed, especially Hot Pursuit, until we got it on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I had I had Hot Pursuit the the original Hot Pursuit on PC. Oh, so it, oh it you know what? Had, then there you yeah, go. Yeah, well, but but Joe, you're right. I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, Need for Speed Three definitely was on the original PlayStation. On the PlayStation. Yeah. Wow. There okay. you go. Oh, dude, it was so fun. It opened things up. We would sit there and play it, and like you know, especially when you could do head to head with your friends, where one yes. person was the cop and the other one was the perp, and just trying to <laughs> chase each other down. Like, yes. oh my god, what a what a blast that game is. I remember certain courses they would have like hazards that would happen in the course. Like one, one, uh, you're going through like this kind of a forested area, and you have a a, a train that comes through occasionally. Oh, I love that. And mm-hmm. it was like you, you, one person being the cop, one person being the the perp that you're trying to catch, and just being able to blow through that train right as it's before. passing the, the cop off. And <laughs> yes. It's like yes, uh, it's that's a bucket list thing. I want to yeah. always wanted to do that in real life, but I'll I'll do it in video game. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> Jay, I, I like your description of the trajectory of the Hot Pursuit or not Hot Pursuit of the Need for Speed games. Uh, it sounds like it kind of follows that of the Fast and Furious movies, where the first two uh, wanted to be yeah. kind of semi serious, and then the yeah. third one is just like fuck it, let's just yep. go fast and yeah. furious with it. Yep. That's what I, I really appreciate that about a franchise, though, that like figures out what it is that people are having yeah. fun with, and then they just kind of lean full tilt into it. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, they like this. Let's do it. Let's just amp it up to 120. Hmm. <laughs> uh, which brings me to one of my games, uh, which is Burnout Paradise. Now, this is one yes. that I just discovered this past year. It was on sale, and I picked it up because uh, we're, we're looking for a good racing game. Um, because I, I didn't have one on this current generation. Well, I have um, uh, Forza Horizon, but mm-hmm. that's very simmy, right? Like you, you're not in, you're not doing any crazy jumps or anything. So I wanted something that was just like balls out racing, going fast, uh, crashing, and then immediately just getting right back on the on the road. And man, Burnout Paradise is great for that. Man, um, is it Paradise City? Is that what it's called? No, they I just think it is. No, oh, just just Burnout Paradise. Paradise yeah. But Paradise but it, City is the name of the city you're in when yes, you're racing around. Yes. And of course, they uh, bought the rights to the Guns N' Roses song, oh my uh, which you will hear yes, when you pop that game in and play uh, Paradise City. And there's actually a lot of good uh, kind of '90s, 2000s era 
uh, rock uh, and pop songs to be heard throughout that game. You know but, what? Um, games, especially racing games, did pretty good with that back in the 90s where mm-hmm. they were licensing a lot of music. Yeah. I discovered music for better or worse. Uh <laughs> I discovered yep. some music while playing racing games in the in the PlayStation era, like in Need for Speed. Uh, that was the game that introduced me to Hot Action Cops Fever for the Flavor. Yes. And uh, every <laughs> once in a while, I'll come back to that song. Like, it's a horrible song. But every once in a while, I find myself coming back to it. It's thanks to Need for Speed. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the Cruisin' games did that too, I think. Cruisin' USA mm-hmm. and Cruisin' World, mm-hmm. I think, had some some pop songs as well. That always kind of helps. Yes, one of my favorite parts of the the GTA games is uh, driving around and kind of listening to the local radio. Uh, yes, and that's that's another franchise that like it's not what the game is all about, but it's definitely a game that has a lot of racing sequences. It's got fucking in fact, auto right in the title. Entire yep. entire there's like an entire sub like genre of like racing quests that you have to do yeah. in that game. Listen. And something like they've gotten better. They've gotten way better with like the physics of the racing. Like if you play GTA three, man, like the first the top down GTA games, oh, yeah. racing in those games was impossible. Was you bullshit. had no idea yeah. what was coming in front of you. But then like they got to three and making it three D made it it helped it, but it was still a little rough. And now, you know, you play GTA five and it's oof. Ooh, it's nice. It handles yeah. really nice. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's that fine line of uh, being semi-realistic, uh, but also, you know, you can mow down some pedestrians and uh, mm-hmm. crash some cars and uh, not feel yeah. guilty about it. Yeah. Good, clean fun. <laughs> Speaking of 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 games or, or series that have figured out where they where they are strongest and leaning into it, the another kind of a spinoff one was the. Um, Crap! Now I've already uh, Saints Row. Mm-hmm. You know, oh the, yeah, the first two Saints Row games were very much just GTA clones, and they weren't doing so well. But they kind of started getting a little silly in GTA and GTA Two in Saints Row Two. Mm-hmm. So Saints Row Three comes out and it leans into just full on silliness. Heavy. So it's like they lean into it heavy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it, it's GTA. For people who like their GTA to be just crazy, like well, it's crazier like where, than GTA. Where GTA started taking things too seriously, mm-hmm. like Saints Row started going the other direction with it. Exactly. Like, would you exactly. prefer to keep your franchise silly? Well, stick with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more thing I'll, I'll say about Burnout Paradise, and you're reminding me, uh, are, are the different cars and kind of the the mm. fantasy. I know you can uh, drive as the Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters in that game. Yes. Uh, nice. And, and yes. any game where I can drive a fantasy car, uh, that you know, the Batmobile or the DeLorean or something, like I'm that, already you're halfway there. You've got me. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I loved about, uh, and it's not really a racing game, but um, Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where... They have they have the DeLorean in there. They have I think they had Vecto One in there as one of the cars. Probably yeah. when they came out on the Switch, they added in um, the they had in a in a car that was themed after Samus's ship oh, from the Metroid nice. games, and it's just so great. It's like I love being able to just drive around in these little things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would I would love a a racing segment to that game. More you know than, what? You know more than the the sports aspect I, of it. I would love a Ready Player One racing game. Like, oh, just oh, give me that yes. segments of the movie 
the first yes. the first trial yeah, or whatever exactly. the race. Yeah. And, and give yes. me all the options to play or, or drive every, all those. Vehicles. Every jackass would hit reverse uh, as soon as of this. Course, is of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. All right. Uh, well, moving on, uh, Joe. I think we're going to you. Buddy. Yeah, what I'm gonna next. I'm gonna just I'm gonna wrap up my top three since Jay hit one Let's of do them. Do it. Uh, I'm going to wrap up my top three, uh, another game that leans hard into the, uh, uh, the ridiculous, um, a great soundtrack, some, uh, some early tracks from Sugar Ray. That's how I discovered that Sugar Ray actually had some punk roots. Um, one of, one of my favorite songs ever tap, twist, snap is like, I would put that song on repeat constantly while playing this game. Uh, I'm talking about road rash 3d on the PlayStation one. Um, Hmm. this was a motorcycle racing game Uh. and the uh, it added the the element of basically battling other motorcycles while you're racing down the road. So if like somebody's approaching you coming up from behind, you pull out like a bat and you could swing at them, <laughs> nice. or you can you can like run them into other cars or oh, other buildings that. while you're racing. And it's just man, it's brutal. It's grisly. I was watching uh, playthrough videos of it just before we started recording, and it made me feel so nostalgic for mm. that game. Uh, that I, I needed to play it again. Uh, I've got to dig it up because uh, the, the, it's so... it's Okay, so it's a PlayStation 1 game, like I said. Sure. Which means visually... Caveat. It, it's kind of ugly to look at. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've ever done an update to it, uh, but that's one that I would love an HD remaster of. Oh, uh, but the thing is, I know if they did that, they wouldn't have the rights to any of the music again. Oh, and or somehow, like, the music, that soundtrack... And I know we already touched on that, but the soundtrack really added a lot to the experience of this game. Uh, but if you do, if you have a, a PS3 that's backwards compatible to PS1 or just straight up a PS1, and there's a used game shop around you somewhere, see if you could find Road Rash 3D because, man, that is a hell of an experience. Like, you've got, like, different gangs, and they kind of give them give you the introduction of all the gangs at the beginning of the game, and they try to give it this, like, weird Tarantino, like, cinematic thing ah, that's going nice. on. Oh, dude, it, it's, it just gives me a big smile talking about it. So many good memories playing that game. Yeah, nice. there is a there is a game that came out a couple of years ago uh, called Road Redemption, which I don't know if it's by the same developers, but it's a very similar game. This it was has, an Electronic Arts game. Yeah, Electronic Arts. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is not Electronic Arts. So this is a, a homage to Road Rash because it is very much Road Rash. Like it, oh, it has the whole thing of you're on the bike, you are in. Uh, traffic, you're bashing people with pipes and, and bats and stuff. <laughs> of course, I don't know if it has all of the licensed music, uh, of course, but it, yeah, it's bonkers crazy still. Bro, like when somebody, when someone comes up behind you, and if like, you know, you, you would do it if you played the game enough, you started getting good at this, like where you knew someone was coming up behind you, you could hit the rear view button and see them coming yes. up. And if you start slowing down just enough so that their momentum is like, they're just the right speed as they're trying to pass you and you swing that bat and you watch their body just like (laughs) soar you can watch their body soar across the map it's nuts (laughs) i gotta play this oh it's so great it's so great and that specifically that that tap twist snap song every time it comes on uh, i've got it on my on my uh uh my iphone yeah. And every time it comes on, it's like, oh, I got to crank this up. Really? I've had, wow. I've it's, had that song. Skip yeah. song. 
I've had that song come on it, and like people be hanging out with me, and they're like, "Man, this song's kick ass. Who is this?" And I'm like, "Sugar Ray." They're like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quit fucking with me. Who really does this song? I'm like, "It's Sugar Ray." Oh no! All right. Well, I'll uh, maybe we'll uh, hear that uh, song at the end of this episode. Stick around. That would be great. Here at the end. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, well, Jay, I think we're going on to you, buddy. What do you got next? All right. All right. Um, I'll go a little bit more into the into the fantasy. Uh, and this one, I think, actually kind of maybe started the open world uh, racing, kind of like the Burnout Paradise and the newer Need for Speeds, how they're... Yep. There's just so much road mm-hmm. to explore. Uh, this one is Tokyo Extreme Racing. Oh, this one, um, I believe, PS2 was the first yep. uh, console that it came out on. But it was basically, uh, it was all Japanese cars. You mm-hmm. were in Tokyo uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Isn't that the one where and... you would, like you blink your lights at people to race them? Yep. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. And so it it essentially was, I don't know, I don't think it was one-to-one, but it was a whole lot of the Tokyo highways and little side streets and stuff that you could go off on. And you could be just driving for hours and not see the same, mm. like, buildings yeah, or the terrain. same cityscape. And yeah, like Joe said, you know, if you wanted to race somebody, you could you could kind of pull up behind them and just start flicking your lights at them. And then they'll, and they'll start taking off and, and you got to awesome. go catch them up with them. And it's great. It's great there. It, it, it had certain events that you could do kind of like the, the burnout paradise, but most of the things were pretty much just, if you just wanted to race somebody, just go and race them. You know, you didn't have to like specifically go to a certain area yeah. to start a race and, mm-hmm. and do what you wanted to do with it. That's a, you know what? I'm looking at screenshots. Yeah, me like, too. It was a pretty looking game. It like, is. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I'm impressed. It was. There is a, a group right now. There's another game that's on my list is Assetto Corsa. And this is more, I mean, this is definitely a sim ver, uh, mm-hmm. racing game. Uh, but there is a group that's basically taken the map from the Tokyo Extreme Racing games and they're converting it to Assetto Corsa and making a uh, making a, a mod for Assetto Corsa so that you can ah. go and race on those Tokyo streets. Nice. And it, it's great. That's it's so awesome. Great. Uh, all right, uh, Joe, I think we're back to you, or is it back it's to you. me? It's back to me. It's right. back, to you. back to you. Back to you. Well, if it's back to me, um, well, let's see. What should I do? This is, this is one of those racing games where you're just racing against time, basically. You've got a clock. Uh, and you've got to do a certain thing in order to uh, add more time to that clock. And in this uh, game, it's uh, picking up uh, pedestrians and taking them to their destination because hey. you're in taxi, in crazy yes. taxi, uh, which uh, I played in the arcade, but I know there's a lot of home versions of it. Uh, and I, I I love it, man. That's a fun one. That's a great one. A great combination of speed, uh, s- semi-surreal environment, uh, a little bit of mayhem, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some maiming. You know, I don't think anybody dies, but uh, <laughs> certainly bodies will fly around if you're not careful. Sometimes mm-hmm. yours. Uh, yep. But yeah, just uh, it's it's right there in the name. You're a crazy taxi, uh, and uh, yes, nothing more satisfying than uh, kind of rolling in there at the last minute, dropping off your uh, passenger, and uh, picking up a new one, and the clock resets, and uh, it's it's just. It's got that one more. Let me just, just one more. It's like crack. Like I just want to keep. Let me yep. get one more passenger. Yep. Uh, 
Um, and that's why it is on my list of one of my favorite. Well, that yeah. that game, the original one, at least if I remember correctly, it was, it was sponsored out the ass too. Like yes, was, like a Pizza Hut sponsorship <laughs> yes. or something. Yeah, I think yep. you're right. Or Pepsi, maybe Pepsi. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, love that one. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. That was a fun. One. Was... I remember owning that and like going looking through the instruction manual and just like the useless like information dump that was the bios for all the different races oh, yeah. that you could be yes. it, was, it was nuts exactly like one of them is i can't remember what her name was but it was like the female driver and it's like you know she's just kind of that girl that likes to have her hair done but she also likes to have fun on a saturday like dude this doesn't mean anything like there's yeah. no there's no point in the game where this is going to come in handy because you're just it's just a skin for someone that you're driving, someone that's driving the car. Yeah. But but I, I give a lot of kudos to someone who develops a game like that that puts that much thought into it. Yeah. You could tell that game was made by people who enjoyed making video games. Oh. Yeah, nicely said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Joe, well, back on to you, man. Well, I kind of I find it hard to talk about racing games when we don't talk about, like, we, we got to talk about one of the ones that kind of paved the way for racing ah, games. Paved. I'm talking about Let's see what you did. the uh, the <laughs> the NES's uh Excite Bike. Oh yes, yes, of course. Like just Excite Bike. <laughs> what a weird aspect ratio for someone who is trying to put together a racing game. Like we definitely had like the first person kind of point of view or mm-hmm. third person looking at the back of a car. Yeah, uh of kind of all racing games are kind of like pole position, like a a 3D kind of view if you will. And so for Nintendo to go, all right, we're going to make a racing game, but now you're going to be looking at everyone from the side. Yeah, three-quarter angle. Okay. Like, that makes sense, I guess, with, like, Olympic games and you're running a race, but, like, a a motorcycle game where you're changing lanes, but you're looking at everything from the side. And the thing is, it works. Oh, yeah. There's something about it that works, and it's so fun. It's frustrating sometimes, but, like, when you master, like hitting that wheelie at just the right moment to get like the most out of your jumps like what a cool game that taught like some of the early mechanics of things that would that developers would then expand on in future racing games mm-hmm. it was all kind of being laid out in excite bike yeah it, it and there was there was an update for it on the n64 that it was okay yeah it wasn't the same but it never yeah it never it never really it never really captured that yeah when when you the can spirit of it i yeah. think it's it's tough but you know what i'll tell you there's on the uh mario kart we were talking about mario kart what eight that's yeah. on the mm-hmm. switch yeah mm-hmm. like they've got an excite bike course and it's yes. phenomenal yes. it's it so is. fun it's fantastic i just it played that yesterday fantastic. yeah, it's, yeah. Good it's got the music and everything yep. uh, oh, sure. but yeah when you when you can uh miss all of the the little obstacles and do kind of like a flawless run it is very satisfying when you get up to yes, that high is. speed yes. and a little yeah. high pitch noise of your engine going. Uh, right. Yeah. And then they put you on the dais. You know, you get that, just like with Mario mm-hmm. Kart, when you win at Mario Kart, they put you on the dais. And there's something kind of weird. You get that weird, uh, uh, it, like the endorphins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I've, I've accomplished something. Yeah, I did this. <laughs> I, you know, kind of expanding on that, there, there is not, not independent. I mean, there are a couple of independent developers that are doing it, but there's, uh, I know Ubisoft has one called, oh crap, I'm gonna have to track, not track mania. That one's cars. Uh, but there, trials? there's another, hmm? are you talking about the trials? trials? Yeah, game? trials, which, it doesn't really have like the racing aspect of Excite Bike, mm. 
but it has that trick aspect of hitting the jumps and getting the you know getting your wheelies just right or or angling your bike in the coming down off a jump or whatever to not lose any speed or to actually make a jump and not you know fall to your death or whatever mm-hmm. so they're kind of carrying on that legacy and and I would love to see somebody take that to the next level where you actually have the additional bikes that you're racing against. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like partner up with Nintendo, license that thing. Like make yeah. it, give us a proper excite bike sequel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. F zero. That's what we're yes. here for. Please bring back these. Please Nintendo. <laughs> All right. So then uh, moving once again on to Jay, I'm getting uh, near the bottom of my list, by the way, guys. So maybe we go one I'm, more around the horn. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, then I will go with the crew. Uh, well, the crew too specifically, but I guess the both of them would kind of fit into this. It's another, you know, it's another fantasy one, open world. Uh, the thing that makes it kind of unique, though, is that the open world is kind of a condensed version of the entire United States map. Yes. Like from from New York to L.A. And everything in between, you can you can drive from one to the other and go through it. I, and I've literally, even in like a, one of the the hypercar races, which is like the super souped up, you know, Lamborghinis and things like that, going from New York to L.A., it takes like, and I'm sorry, New York to San Francisco on this one, like 45 minutes to get across <laughs> it. It's nuts how long how massive this map is and you go through you know there's there's the grand canyon in it that you can go in and see they've got different classes of automobiles so you can do like off-road racing you can do hoverboat racing you can do boats you can do planes uh you got all the different cars you've got from your your normal just street cars all the way up to like formula class cars like f1 racing um you've got motorcycles of all different classes that you can go through and the other thing kind of playing on the fantasy aspect of it you can pick three favorites uh one of each class so you have a a land vehicle an Mm. air vehicle and a water vehicle and you can switch them at any time that you want to so you can be transformer exactly so you can be like (laughs) Flying in in your plane, see something you know down on the ground a thousand feet below you or whatever, and just switch to your car, <laughs> drop down there, slam on the ground, and take off and go. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great. It's great fun. Great yeah, I'm fun. looking it up now. There's a sale going on right now where it's like eighty percent off, and uh, I may oh have to, nice, I may have to pick this up. I've never played this one. That's worth one. That's worth a pickup uh, for sure. Will do. For Damn, sure. so many games in so little time. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, well, uh, my final game, uh, once again, is not a car racing game. Uh, You're not even really in a vehicle, uh, but you are wearing skis in SSX. I'm talking about the snowboarding game. Oh, Um, love. That was going to be my last one. That's your last one? Well, this is great. I could pick it up. Oh, you got another one. Okay, cool. I got another one. Well, then chime in here and talk to me about this because uh, so I I played this. Now, now there's a series of games uh, all with the SSX title, I believe, but the one that I first played was in arcades where you're literally standing on these little ski uh, slats. Snowboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're shifting your weight back and forth. You get to hold on to these uh, things. It's 
I mean, like I'm I'm kind of averse to actual snow skiing. Uh, I just don't have the the balance for it, but um, I'll do it in an arcade, man, and pumped a lot of quarters mm-hmm. into that game back in the day, and of course the uh, the home version of that, so enjoyable and, and uh, the feeling of speed. Like it's one thing to be going fast, but be going fast and going downhill uh, just mm-hmm. adds another another uh, sensation to it. Uh, but yeah, man, I, that kind of made me think hey, maybe I could do this whole skiing thing IRL. Yeah, but uh, no SSX. <laughs> I can recommend. I remember when the when the game first came out, like the the first SSX came out, and it was like, I don't know, there there was something it just didn't it didn't catch me. And I remember seeing you know pictures of the magazines and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, it's a snowboarding game. There was there was like 1080 snowboarding at the time, and a couple of other ones that were just like meh. But when Tricky came out, and Joe, I think got that. And we played that, and it was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. Just So what I, What happened was I got SSX for the PS2, I think. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you ended up getting Tricky for the N64. Uh, no, GameCube. And, GameCube. Or GameCube, that's right, for yeah. GameCube. And uh, and like it kind of opened things up. Like SSX was, was fine, and it was, it was fun, but like they ended up creating a whole cast of like colorful characters. They were like voiced by like one of the actresses from the mummy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it was like the sense of motion. And uh, it, it, again, it took something that's kind of normal and it made something kind of extraordinary out of it, like where yeah. you got like power ups and stuff as you're heading down the hill. And you know, just that, that sense of physics was just. It was it was really fun, and it's hard to, it, it, or harder than you might think, to kind of replicate that sense, that thrill that's going to kind of take your breath away a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. that speed. But like SSX did a good job with it. I'm realizing Absolutely. now I'm I'm uh, confusing SSX with the Alpine Racer. That was the one in the arcades that I played, but uh, oh, also okay. did play. So it's a different game, but but very similar. That was skiing. Uh, whereas SSX yeah. was all snowboarding. Yep. In my mind, for some reason, yeah. those two were kind of melded. That's so funny. <laughs> all righty. Yeah, no, I, I, I love, I love the SSX series. Yeah. And yeah. the later ones that came out, even the, the only one that didn't really hit so well for me was the one that came out on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mainly because they, they were. They make like, you do the fucking motion controls. Forcing you to do the yes, controls. Like, yeah, the so many, like so many developers did on the Wii. It's like yeah. you gotta waggle and do these motion uh-huh. controls. Like, no, just let me let me do it normal. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. well, that was my final one. Uh Joe, we'll move on to you for your final, and then uh, well, Jay can round us out. Yeah. Well then I think uh, I should probably just go with the the best one, the one that everybody's thinking about. It's what? on top of everybody's mind. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Desert Bus off of Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirror. No, I'm what? kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> desert Desert Bus is a horrible idea, a horrible thing. What, what is this? I've never trick. heard of that. So Penn and Teller back in like the late nineties or I think put out a game for the Sega C D called Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirrors. I, in fact, okay. I'm not sure the game was ever actually widely released, oh, really? uh, but it was it was a bunch of like mini games. One of the mini games was called Desert Bus, yep. and like so the whole point of the game is like you're driving, and I can't remember from where. I think it's from like n- like somewhere somewhere in like Utah to Vegas or California to Vegas. Think it's whatever. Yeah, I think it's California to Vegas, and so it's a, wherever you're going. It's an eight hour drive. You literally. Drive a bus for eight hours. Eight hours. You finish it. What? If yeah. you try, if you try to pause the game, it'll end. You yep. cannot pause wow. it. What 
when you finally reach your destination eight hours later, you get a point. Yeah. The oh, highest no. score you can get, the highest score you can get in this game is ninety nine points, <laughs> which means you would have to play this game for thirty three hours. What is wrong? What? Someone has done this. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, someone has done this. So, no, no, no. But that is definitely not the game that I'm picking. <laughs> That's a horrible uh, idea. I would like to go I'd like to go with a game that came out on the uh, the Xbox 1. Mm. Uh I kind of got it on a whim and it ended up being outstanding. It's called Loco Cycle. So the premise behind this game, and it's kind of one of those race from one point to the other, kind of an arcade spy hunter, but 3D kind of thing. Okay. So you play, you kind of play a mechanic who's working on a sentient motorcycle mm. who falls in love with you and decides to take you away. So this motorcycle, the whole level, like the motorcycle is dragging you down a course <laughs> and you're being like, you're being dragged on the sheet of metal and like... These the spy organization wants their super secret motorcycle back, so they're trying to collect it. So they send vehicles to get you, and like the motorcycle can be like leveled up to learn different abilities, and it starts like using motorcycle kung fu while it's racing to like <laughs> beat up cars and stuff. Nice. While it's still dragging this guy behind it, it's so funny. It's so ridiculously funny. There's these like um, these little interstitial films, little cutscenes that are like. It was starring James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy and what? Suicide Squad fame. He plays like the president of the United States or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, this beautiful. this game is ridiculous that's and awesome. a blast, and I recommend it. It's it's just this cool arcade shooter racer game, uh, and I think you could still find it on the Xbox Marketplace. It's called Loco Cycle, uh, and it's it's ridiculous. That's all I can say about it. Like it's just you sit there every level, and you're like. I can't believe this is an actual game. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Jay, you played this one? Uh, I haven't played it, but I, I came over to Joe's because he was like, you've got to see this game. And and uh, and he was playing it. And I think he was pretty far into it. Like he was near the end level yeah. or one of the last the levels. The game. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, like he said, it's just nuts. That's ridiculous awesome. what, what this game is. It's brilliant and beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay. Well, that brings it to you. What is uh, our final racing game of discussion tonight? All right, then I will go with Gran Turismo. There you go. Somebody had to, right? Had to, had to get in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, had to get in there somewhere. I picked up this game on the on the PlayStation, the original PlayStation, wow. kind of kind of on a whim because uh, I had never, I mean, you know, it was the first game in the series. I had played Need for Speed before and wasn't too into that i think this game is what got me what started me on my love of racing games oh um and i think the thing that i loved about it was because it it rode kind of a fine line between going too hard into the sim racing but still being accessible enough that it it could be more of a just jump in and and play yeah type thing with that but you know when you when you got the game when you first started playing it you had to do license testing to be able to open up new tracks and new cars. Oh, I forgot and, about and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and go on to those things. So the license testings in, I think in the later games, they got a little bit easier to where they, they weren't quite so intense, but in the, in the first one, and I think in the second one too, you had to learn actual driving techniques. And I'm not ashamed to say like, 
even though I went through driver's ed, even though I learned actually how to drive from a, from a real person and stuff, Gran Turismo taught me some things about driving that I still use to this day. Like, really? Nice. Yes, yes. He tries like, to drive his car with a controller pad. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, but awesome. yeah, things like like turning into the apex and and mm-hmm. and things like breaking before a turn because you don't want to you don't want to break during a turn because you can lose traction. And when I go out like on road trips and things, and I'm up in the mountains and I'm actually driving the roads in the mountains, or I or I was up in Oregon driving on the on the yeah. coast roads, and I would. I was using these techniques that was <laughs> that I had learned all its years ago in Gran Turismo, and I'm like, yeah, a video game taught me how to drive, like drive, drive, you know, not just putter around kind of drive. I mean, you joke, but and like we should really it. make uh, like that should be mandatory, like as part of driver's ed uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, before you even get behind the wheel of a car, let's sit you down here in front of this uh, PS3. And uh, mm-hmm. see what what you think driving is all about, and we can course correct yeah. you before you even get behind the wheel. I like that idea. Yeah, behind that. Well, and especially like especially now, like you have access to the things like like wheels and pedals, and yeah, the, they're not like super expensive. You know, yeah. like less than a hundred bucks, right? Two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, you could set up a, a, a rig, whether whether it's a PlayStation or an Xbox or a computer. And have a, a set of wheels in there, and people could learn to drive yep. in a simulator before they ever set foot in a real car. Yeah, I like. I that. think it'd be. I think that'd be great. Yeah. What do you have? Uh, what's your setup there? Because I know you've you've got the wheel and the pedal and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got. Uh, mine is the Logitech uh, G twenty nine. I think it is. It's one of the lower end ones. Um, I'm not quite into the into the. Uh, craziness that some people get into with like the thousand dollar wheels oh, this one was like right around 200 bucks That's so not it's bad. not a not a yeah not too bad i used to have one for the uh, 360 but joe i think maybe i got from you did you sell that to me at one point did you have which the, one the, the the steering wheel set with the with the pedal no no somebody no. somebody sold that to me but yeah i i did have uh for a while on the 360 i only had one game that i played it with but uh yeah nothing gives you that arcade experience from having the uh the yes. steering wheel and, yes. and the gas pedals and everything. Yes, Joe, you have a, do you have any of those accessories in your repertoire? Uh, I I actually used to. I had a a, a Hotus uh, stick mm. uh, controller, um, and it it went out on me. Uh, I had bought it for Star Wars uh, Squadrons. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and it was like it was cool at first to be able to use that to control my my Tie Fighter or my X Wing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as the uh, the controller started to kind of it, it quickly uh, mm-hmm. within the warranty window started to wow. just like deteriorate, uh, I ended up returning it. Oh, that's too bad. It's yeah. okay. I mean, it, from what I understand, it's it was a, a common problem with those controllers. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, those controllers are kind of hard to come by right now. Yeah. Um, but once, you know, I can get some more options. Like I went to micro center, which is like, ugh. uh, by the way, <laughs> what a disgusting store to go I know, to. I know. Um, but it's like they closed fries and I was like, oh, now I know where they all went. <laughs> they yep. went to micro center. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. but they had a shit ton of these Hotas controllers, but they were all the ones that I had bought already. The, the defective um, one. Yeah. Yeah. The defective one. So I'm like, okay, once, once I see some new ones come out, I'll, I'll give it another shot. Yeah, I think that's the 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 T flight. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, T-flight. which is which is the same one that I've got, and it, I think, 
the the problem that you were having uh from what i've been reading online i think it was only only the playstation on the consoles yeah yep. it's oh, only it the consoles only the interesting because yeah. mine doesn't have that problem and it i've only used it on pc i haven't used it on a playstation so really? yeah I, I am remembering now that I also do have the Mario Kart 7 um, little Wii. Yep. White oh, the wheel. Plastic yep. wheel yep. that you put the Wii controller in the middle of. I think that came with the game when you bought it. So I didn't mm-hmm. buy that of uh, my own volition. If you wanted to play that game, you had to, you had to play it. Not a, <laughs> not a bad way to play that game, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't it bad. surprisingly worked yeah. decently, yeah. Of all for, the things for that, what the, it was. that the Wii motion control... Uh, Lended itself nicely to uh, things just kind of yeah. going left and right. <laughs> Not so bad. All right. Well, that was our big racing game episode. Uh, man, I've added a few to my list. I got to pick up some of these uh, specifically. That crew too looks amazing. Yeah. Looking at that since you yes. mentioned it, uh, yes. and hopefully you, the listener, uh, discovered some new racing games too. Uh, so if you want to tell us what. Uh, your favorite racing games in are maybe we didn't talk about them. Uh, you can sound off on our Facebook page again. That's sixteen bit gladiators, or on Twitter at sixteen bit gladiators. Follow us there, uh, and you can find all those links on our website sixteen bit gladiators dot com. All right. Well, next week Marvel is kind of back in the news, right? We just finished up. Uh, today was the last episode of Loki. Please don't spoil it for me yet. I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Loki, and we're uh, we've got Black Widow in theaters, breaking records as far as uh, COVID movie releases go. Uh, and uh, next, coming up in a couple of weeks, we've got uh, Suicide Squad. So we're just lousy with uh, comic book movies again. So figured, uh, hey, what better way to celebrate than talking about some uh, comic book uh, video games, specifically like superhero video games? I think uh, we we talked about starting off with Marvel, um, but uh, we're just going to kind of open it up for superhero video games. So that'll be our topic next week on the 16 bit gladiators. Cool. All right, Joe, Jay, thanks again for joining me guys. Talking some racing games. Always fun hanging out it's with fun. you guys. I love yeah. it. Never, never a shortage of, of topics or games. Yes, no. indeed. And every time we talk, I've always like, we, we finish up and I'm like, Oh, there was like five more. I, I could have mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Tune in next week then to hear us talk about the games. We forgot to talk about this week. And also uh, Marvel and superhero games. All right, guys, that'll do it. I, again, am your co-host, Joel. And uh, on behalf of Jay and Joe, thank you for joining us. And we will see you next week on another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. Battle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? Listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.